Welcome to Archiving AK, a podcast of the Archives and Special Collections at the UAA APU Consortium Library in Anchorage, Alaska. We're here to talk about what we do, what our researchers are up to, and to give you a closer look at the world of archives. This is Veronica, and I'm one of the archivists at the UAA APU Archives. Today, I'm interviewing Chris and Leah, two archivists at the Alaska State Archives. So Chris and Leah, would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Chris Heeb, Archivist 3, Reference Archivist here at the Alaska State Archives. And I'm Leah Geibel, and I'm an Archivist 2 here at the Alaska State Archives as well. And we should note that Leah's much more prepared than I am. <laughs> I'm looking at her questions. She's actually answered the questions. And my notes, awesome. <laughs> so what are your backgrounds? What did you guys do before you worked at the State Archives? Or where did you start at the State Archives? Before I worked at the State Archives, I worked at um, Records or a uh, drug and alcohol center here in Juneau a couple of years. And before that, I had all kinds of different careers like janitorial, <laughs> interesting yeah. jobs such as these, yeah. supporting myself through college. But um, I also was a records manager for a few years before I became an archivist, but that was at the State Archives here. Okay. So I've been to the dark side. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work at McDonald's, so <laughs> we all have... <laughs> We all have those jobs to get us through. <laughs> My background is I have um, a bachelor's degree in photography, um, and then I got my master's of library and information science from the University of Pittsburgh, um, and pretty recently in 2015. And I, I did a little bit of work uh, here and there. For I worked for the, the contractor for the Forest Service a little bit. I worked at a department store looking for archives, looking for archives jobs. Um, and then I finally found a job here in Alaska, and it was actually with the uh, State Library's Historical Collections. So I was working in a grant position there when the job for archives opened up. It was just chance and wonderful luck that I just happened to be here. So <laughs> that's how I came here. And I've been here with the archives a little over six months, so not very long. Well, I guess I right. started in 2006, huh? I guess that would be more helpful. This is why I said she was more prepared. She's got better notes. <laughs> That's fine. You should have had your resume out and just have read your resume. <laughs> just kidding. So t can you tell me a little bit about the State Archives, the types of materials that you have, what you collect, and what your day-to-day -day jobs are? Sure. Just as an overview, it's a State Archives, therefore we're collecting records of the state of Alaska, but we also collect the territorial records and the records of the district. Now those are technically federal records, but they were transferred when the state was born in 59. A lot of those territorial records were simply transferred right to the state through their agencies like Hess or law, courts. So we have, we have mostly executive branch records of the state, and then we have a bunch of court records, um, probably more court records from the territorial time frame than uh, statehood, and then we have legislative records as well from both the territorial uh, time frame and statehood. And I would just add that they span 
I don't know, my perception coming into a state archive, it's just a lot of paper. We have everything from like these, you know, old giant bound volumes to photographs, audio, video, digital files um, as well. So we have tons, a bunch of different formats um, and some really interesting stuff, I think, as well. Certainly the bulk of it is paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. So what is the oldest thing you guys have there? Your oldest document or photograph or do you know? I didn't know until we did the podcast and I had to go searching for something. The oldest that I'm aware of is the map of Sitka, I think. Mm. It might not be. There may be a volume that's actually older than <laughs> that, but we have a map that's from the 18. It's shortly, I want to say it's like 70, no, no, maybe it's 69 or 70, 1869 or 70. It's a map oh. of Sitka. Um, when they did the transfer, they wrote, they drew a map so they knew what properties were getting transferred from the Russians to the Americans and who owned what. Oh, cool. uh, there's also a document uh, along with it. It's a federal document that went to um, Congress that delineates out what was transferred. Mm -hmm. Do to do every day and as part of your positions? I know it probably varies day to day, but what are your main duties? We're reference. I am the head of reference for the State Archive, so that means I really don't try to keep a very... I like to have people, if you're doing reference, you've got to be pretty independent. So it's, it's really like there's three folks who are doing the main part of the reference, myself, Leah, and Abby. So it's really about just getting requests and digging into the collection and trying to figure out how best to answer people's mm -hmm. I mean, really, I think that's the main part of my job. Okay. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, I think that's like my number one priority is the reference requests. And then we both do um, processing as well. So that's probably like second, probably the second most amount of time that I we spend on stuff. Um, and we're trying to kind of get our social media going for the yeah. archives. So we've been working on that an Instagram and a blog where we're trying to feature yeah that's awesome yeah <laughs> oh we can start tweeting at each other yeah so. I, that's our next our next step is, is the Twitter that's where I'm like my least familiar <laughs> social media platforms I'm thinking I'm starting with easy like the photographs and right I'm working my way up yeah yeah <laughs> I, I tweet once a year oh yeah for the archives or ask an archivist yeah what type of users do you guys typically see I think it's pretty generic to what most archives would mm -hmm. get genealogists lawyers are probably the two largest users okay. um, in our case you're gonna have genealogists lawyers and then you're gonna have state employees people okay. from those agencies that were receiving their records from looking into whatever issue, you know, fish and game, revenue, law, are going to be coming back to us to look at whatever it is they need to look at. What are your most used materials or what is your most used collection? We do keep track of stats. I don't have it aggregated for, I think the stats go back to like 2009 where we started delineating out <laughs> series, individual series. It's going to be the governor's records. And I don't know if it's, 
it's probably territorial governor's records subject and reading files if I had to take a okay yes and I would say just from my short time here the most I guess uh, frequent requests I get are looking into like vital stats and the probate records for genealogy and then the the governor's correspondence is subject files definitely I feel like almost every request I get that's one of the first places that I jump to so the, those records encompass so much of what the government's doing at that time frame especially mm -hmm. in the territory you know almost every question that has a date 59 and prior you're going to hit the governor's records at some point to try right. to which governor is used the most they're not split up by governors they're split okay. up by um, okay. Th there's like three different series for the territorial governors, and they're simply split up by by years. It's certainly 1912 on after the legislature shows up. Mm -hmm. We use uh, there seems to be there's more governors' records as well, but before then there's not as many. So it's mm -hmm. I would say after 1912, but specific governor I you don't know yeah 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 it's because it's more in my brain it's more tied into the year it goes from you know of course because of the way it was set up after 1912 the legislature shows up government just just keeps is involved in more activities so we have more records of those activities so i guess i would have to say if i was guessing you know, it would be closer to 59 the close the farther away you get from 1912 and the closer you get to 1959 we tend to use those records more right so the closer to statehood yeah. really is is the most used yeah. generally generally interesting it's a little different than us what is what would or yeah what's your most used um lately it's been the records of an anthropologist who did studies with the Inupiat up north and then also Edwin Glenn uh, his specifically his photographs he was in um, a surveyor for the military and he came up in 1898 and did some exploration around South Central Alaska. I think those are probably our most two most used. Um, we have a picture of um, Fred Fickett from the Allen expedition. So it's Fickett and Allen together and that's probably our most used photograph. So you guys, as far as collecting, you would be more like the historical collection here at the library mm -hmm. because it's just a human, it's more of a humanities collection. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we typically do South Central Alaska Focus. So we will get donation requests for material that probably the majority takes place in Southeast. So we will recommend that they go to, that they contact the historical collections in Juneau rather than it come here, just because the geographic location. Right. Yeah, that happens. And I think we've sent some stuff to the historical collections too that we may have gotten in realize that maybe this is better to be down in Juneau than, than in Anchorage. But thinking about our photos, and the archives doesn't have nearly as many photos as, as HC, which is our mm -hmm. short uh, term for historical collections. It's going to be the governor's records again, but this time it'd probably be um, statehood records, and those are going to be mm -hmm. of the spill. So the press secretary's office mm -hmm. has a bunch of the Exxon Valdez oil spill records. And then they have slides. So those slides have been used in multiple publications. Regarding yeah. the, and that's probably our most used. I don't know if there's an individual 
photo in there that's used more than others, mm -hmm. but that collection is certainly the biggest photo collection used for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get a lot of requests relating to the oil spill. And then we also get a, some requests with the statehood bonfire in Anchorage. And then we got one. So on the park strip, they had this huge bonfire in Anchorage when statehood passed. But then we got a request for some from somebody who wanted one from the bonfire in Juneau, which we had never heard about. So is that, do you know if that's a thing? Did that? I've never come Yeah. Maybe the historical questions would know better, but. We'll have to look in the newspaper, probably. It was just an interesting request. We're like, did one really happen in Juneau? Yeah. We've, never, we've never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Archives mysteries. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because <laughs> normally we, the people want the one from the park strip in Anchorage. There was this huge bonfire and a celebration on the park strip. But was that what was the date that was done? In June. Fiscal? Because it's official on July 4th. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was like, okay, if I'm going to look this up in the paper, I want to get as close as I can. So I'll check June and see. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting request, that one. But I think we told them to contact the historical collections. So. <laughs> yeah. What's your most favorite thing about being an archivist? Well, going back to the beginning where I should have mentioned that I have a degree in history as well as political science. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a great combination of those two fields, being in a government archives. Mm -hmm. So it really feeds an interest in history and an interest in government that um, I don't mm -hmm. think you can really get anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and for me, I have written down in all caps so many things because <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love it so much. Um, I think my favorite part of being an archivist is that I it's a field where you get to learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if you're a working reference, um, it's just topics that I would never think of researching um, or would never think that I would be interested in. But if somebody's looking for information, you know, I start digging in these boxes and it is, it's so fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just a, a huge variety um, and especially being new to Alaska, um, this has been a really amazing way to kind of learn Alaskan history is mm -hmm. through just working with these materials. So yeah. I think in some ways I've cheated because I always feel like a, the best archivist is one who, who knows the history of where you're from. And since it's such a young state and I've been here since 76 mm -hmm. when I was a kid, some of the more recent stuff is, is memories, not only for, it's a memory for me. So it's not really something that happened in history. It's a memory. So mm -hmm. it makes it more fun. Yeah. My mom also worked for one of our governors. And so the political side is even more fun because it's all ties into my childhood. So mm -hmm. I have to trip, you that, trip that way. Yeah. So Leah, you're not from Alaska, right? Right. 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 Yeah. None of us are here. The three of us here. <laughs> we all... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's been difficult? Do you get, do you ever get users that ask if you're from Alaska? I would say the most difficult aspect of not being from here is when 
especially if I'm, somebody comes in in person or I'm talking to them on the phone mm-hmm. and they'll start talking about events or mm-hmm. people and assuming that I'm familiar with these things and I'm not. So I always, so I get like sometimes a little self-conscious that I have to stop and say, oh, how do you spell that? Or what mm-hmm. year was that? And yeah. You know, it's been, yeah, I'm learning. Yeah. I think that's okay, though. I mean, we can't know everything either. And I've come across a lot of people who have grown up here, and they don't know some of, like, the big players in Alaska. Like, throwing out Governor Wally Hickel's name, some people are like, I don't know who that is. Like, well, he was the two-time Alaska governor, or the Atwood family, who owned the um, Daily Times. You know, people just don't know. You know, you can live in a state your whole life, but still you won't know everything about it. It's funny that you mentioned that because I remember some of the names of schools or buildings on the campus at UAF. And I'm like, oh, this is why that building is named this. This (laughs) is the person it's named for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you um, sometimes we'll get students in and we'll be talking about a collection or they're in the vault and they'll see, um, a woman's name, Lucy Cuddy, in the box. I'm like, oh, there's a building here named after her. There's a Cuddy building. Who was she? What did she do? And so that's their connection. It's, it's because of the building that they've been into is named after the person. Or um, some people have trails named after them up here, and um, they know them as, like, the person who the trail is named after. So what is the thing you wish people knew about archives or archival research? So I wish that people knew that archives are for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. You do not have to be a scholar. You don't have to have a degree. We don't exam, like we don't ask for credentials Mm -hmm. for you to do research. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're just interested in any kind of a topic, we're like, that's like literally what our job is we are here to serve the public so we're here for anybody who's interested in doing historical research um, for any reason yeah I would want people to know that they're always welcome to come in and check us out and to not be afraid to contact us or feel stupid for asking questions I had never been in an archive before I started my degree so like, yep. <laughs> it was all new to me I was in and you know it, it helped so much when people were you know really just explained took the time to explain like this is you know how we handle materials and mm-hmm. things like that and but didn't talk down to me or didn't judge me for not having prior experience so mm-hmm. I think I ran into that same kind of thing as a as a history as a senior studying history I didn't know there was a National Archives. I guess I assumed there was a place where they kept everything, right. but they uh, took care of it and yeah. they organized it. And it wasn't until senior thesis that I was like, oh, I have to go ask these guys for the stuff that I want to research. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is this? So why do these guys exist? And it just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, eye-opening. So it's kind of yeah. silly with student in history by figuring out, oh, archives. Yeah. yeah. That's a thing. I had no thing. idea. Yeah. They exist. Yeah. <laughs> I- <laughs> I knew archives were a thing too, but I had never been in one until I went to grad school. Yeah, same. <laughs> I wonder how common that is across the profession. I, I have a feeling it might be somewhat common, but. I would, yeah, well, it's good to hear that because I always think I'm like a weird outlier. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same way. 
<laughs> we used primary source material, but it was in in books. So it was like published diaries yep. that were put together. We had a lot of because my background is archaeology and religion. And so a lot of the stuff that we were studying was from Europe or the Middle East. So we can't get our hands on the actual primary sources here. So somebody com has compiled books of all this material. Do you guys ever get researchers who come in and they seem somewhat intimidated by doing archival research? Sometimes yeah. we do. Um, and hopefully it doesn't last very long. With some kind of like, is this, I, I don't know if they know how to treat us. Like, are you a library? Are we mm -hmm. supposed to buy it in here? You know, the whole, and the whole thing with some documents where you're, you are putting gloves on and you're, you know, you're being very delicate. But then again, there's other points where you have materials that you don't. So they're wondering, like, can are these, like, can I check these out? And I think that is something that a lot of archives are focusing on, you know, outreach and trying and advocacy and trying to, you know, make the public more aware of what, what an archive is. And hopefully that way people won't be as intimidated to come into these spaces and use materials. I think once I realized that, oh, this is really here for posterity and it's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the, the vast majority of people appreciate that we're, we're here, we have it, the material safe. They can always come back and look at the same mm -hmm. thing over and over again, and, and even if they can't take it home. Mm -hmm. So do you guys allow photographs to be taken by researchers? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we can. Digital take, copies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, photos. We have scanners in the research room. We have a couple of machines called kits that are just real simple. Mm -hmm. They're they can take better photos, uh, images than a than a copy machine. Yeah, can. Like a, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Like it's kind of like a flatbed scanner, just really slick interface. That way, it doesn't take a whole lot. So we allow photographs uh, users to take photographs. But we don't allow them to scan the materials since you guys are state archives. Most of your stuff would be in the public domain. Yeah. Yeah, so our stuff we have to be a little bit more careful with and a little bit more protective of since it is, since a lot of it has multiple creators or there can be multiple creators within one collection and we might only have copyright to part of the collection. If somebody donated it, we have, and they signed a data gift, we'll have the copyright for the stuff they created. But if they received letters or if they're in the photographs, then they obviously didn't take those photographs themselves unless they're selfies. So we have to be a little bit more careful with what people scan. Most of the collections that fall under that, we have a few one-offs. There's mm -hmm. a collection of that was a documentary done for History and Archaeology, the Office of History and Archaeology. It was on the Second World War, and some of the photos they collected, they didn't, other than just using it for the documentary, they got a bunch of private photos from folks who were involved in the incidences with the war and Alaska, but they just didn't get copyright beyond that. So mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So how do you break the archive stereotypes? So when I tell people I'm an archivist, the first thing that many of them say, well, first they ask like, what, what is that? I don't know what that is. And then they'll say something like, oh, you don't like talking to people. Do you guys experience that? And then how do you break the, the, the generic archive stereotypes? Well, we were we were discussing it like we couldn't figure out what the stereotypes Stereotype are. I, I had more stereotypes <laughs> for librarians, yeah. like the shushing. Yeah. 
We get that too, though. We get that here too. Like people think because I, maybe it's because we're in a library. Mm-hmm. So people think like we're super quiet in the archives and that is definitely never the case. Yeah, that would, be, is, that yeah. would be one way we break the, yeah. the there's a wall between us and the library here it's a mural yeah and but it doesn't extend to the ceiling so or i've been shushed multiple times <laughs> for being too loud by librarians or by librarians, yeah. <laughs> oh they do not break that stereotype <laughs> yeah we definitely have a lot of fun yeah and i'd say I was trying to think of like how I break the stereotype and I was thinking that I guess a lot of maybe or at least when I was in school a lot of my fellow classmates were history majors before they were getting their masters Um, and like that's not my background at all I came to archives a completely different way Um, Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of archives are for everybody and it's not (laughs) something that you know you or in, you know, you don't have to be interested in it from like when you were a little kid. And loving history really helps, definitely. Like I'm for sure interested in history, but um, like I, I didn't know mm-hmm. until later in life that I wanted to be an archivist, um, and I came to it from a completely different way. So mm-hmm. I, anybody can anybody can do this job. It's for everybody. Yeah. Uh, neither Gwen and I have a, a general history background. Mm-hmm. I guess I kind of do with the archaeology aspect because I do, but that's the Middle East. So it was archaeology and culture of the ancient Near East um, and religion, which was the study of the different religions. So it's kind of history, but it's not like a generic history, like U.S. history or European history background. So it's a little bit different. And I think Gwen was poli-sci. That, that for sure is a degree that helps, especially you're like our and history guru. My experience, my experience <laughs> is always it was more around here, especially it's more librarian centric. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even feel like Larry uh, Hipschman, one of our previous archivists, was one of, was also um, he had a library degree, but his his undergrad was was history, and mm-hmm. I felt like it was and and through reading some of the literature, it seems like it's changing more to librarian um, ship than it is. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't developed the same way for the archives. So I almost felt like my background's dying out. Aww. As as an archivist, right? As an archival method, you're going to have a you're going to have a library background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. I mean, I think that's fine. I don't I don't have a problem with it. But it's always good to have a little mix, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) And how do you think being an archivist in Alaska is different than being archivists elsewhere in the United States? The, the biggest thing is the geographic difference, mm-hmm. but that actually plays into where we're headed as institutions and being able to get your materials more widely available. The technology that's coming and that we have enables us to fulfill that easier. So it's in one way, yes, Alaska's huge mm-hmm. and we have these huge gra- geographical um, divides, but we also, understanding that, I think have been I don't know if we're quicker, but we, we understand that the mm-hmm. that's a problem and we're more willing to um, be open to using technologies to provide the services to the constituents who we understand, you know, the Anchorage in the Valley is where most people live in Alaska. So if we're going to do something down here, we have to be real cognizant of they have to be able to have access to this stuff and we need to make sure they can get this wherever. 
and then 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 you have the bush which has limited connectivity so you know you've got to think about these problems so how can we serve those areas that was kind of the the same answer that i came up with i think most states if you're wanting to do research at the state archive it's you know, a, a short, a very short road trip away, you can visit in person, whereas the majority of Alaskans, it's very cost prohibitive to travel in Alaska. Um, and so not everybody is going to be able to make a trip here, even if they wanted to, you have to fly or take a ferry. Before I moved here, I was <laughs> still really crazy for me. <laughs> like, I can't leave in a car. <laughs> Um, flying to Juneau sometimes from like Anchorage to Juneau can cost just as much as it would for me to fly from like Anchorage to Boston. Yeah, it's horrible. And I don't think I don't think people from the outside really understand the cost of travel that it is like just within Alaska. I mean, it's, it can be cheaper for us to fly to another country than for us to fly to the Aleutians or anywhere else. I mean, it's just the cost is in, kind of insane. So like Chris was saying, like figuring out how to use technology so we make sure that our resources mm -hmm. are available to everybody in this state is mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest priorities that we have and one of the hardest challenges do you guys get a lot of in-state users or is it pretty well mixed or do you get a lot of users from the outside because of because of what we are as a as a government archives we mm -hmm. do get more in-state users for that reason quite a few it's it's pretty close i don't have numbers to really back it up but i mm -hmm. my thumbnail looking at the stats and where people are from it's probably like 65 35 60 40 somewhere in there where we're dealing with in-state and out-of-state it, it's close it's we deal with more out-of-state than i than i used to think we did it's not the majority of the requests that we're dealing with you do see a lot of people during one part of the legislative session that um, picks up our business here is there are a lot more people coming in to interact with the legislature and mm -hmm. that creates more traffic for us. I don't know how many times I've been on the desk, oh, I'm down for a hearing, doing such and so, and I wanted to come into the archives and do mm -hmm. some research on X, Y, and Z. So it really just speaks yeah. to that yeah. difficulty in getting here. People are, are usually piggybacking mm -hmm. a visit for a, for a more, uh, other reasons, you know, and then they'll throw us in. That's something I didn't think about. So our busiest time tends to be in the summer when we get a lot of the tourists or students writing their theses or dissertations. So a lot of them will come up in the summer or out of country researchers will come to Anchorage in the summer to do some research in the archives. Do you guys see that you're busy in the summer too or do you think you're busier during the legislative session? Um, I did do some stats and I think August actually ended up being our busiest and December is the, the least busy month. In general, I believe you're, what you're saying is true. The winter, a lot of times, we're busier after one session gets going, not necessarily at the beginning, but say March, right. March, April, May, June, up until, and then there's another lax in the fall, usually. I do see historical collections, it runs more like you guys. In the summertime with the tourists, there's a lot more activity there than in the winter a lot more walk-ins 
you know, of course, Juno is going to get a million plus people off of, right. off of the, uh, <laughs> 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 off the boats. So, um, so that does generate a lot more walk-ins and yeah. most of them are, are, are looking for, um, some kind of a humanities collection. They're looking to mm -hmm. HD, you know, they want to find out, well, my uncle came up during the gold rush. Yeah. What can you tell me? The gold rush questions. Well, <laughs> it's always not very much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did they die during the gold rush? Did they get married during the gold right. rush? You know, were they a criminal? Yeah. <laughs> then right. maybe we can help you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I always say when people come in and they're looking and I like can't find anything. I'm like, well, this isn't necessarily bad. Like it means, you know, your relatives weren't arrested. Like, yeah. <laughs> relatively won't be law-abiding citizens. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions I have. Well, this has been cool. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for being willing to participate in the podcast. We really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's a really cool that you guys are doing this. I've, I listened to a couple of the, your earlier episodes, and so um, I'm very excited to, <laughs> to be a part of it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Archiving AK. In the next episode, archivist Gwen Higgins will be interviewing UAA English professor Jennifer Stone. Stone specializes in sociocultural and critical approaches to literacy studies and has had her students use archival sources for her class, History of the English Language. This is Archiving AK. Thank you for listening.